Welcome to episode 111 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, author of What, When, Why, Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo-Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine. And I'm here with my co-host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay, Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and jenstevens.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice or treatment. So, pour yourself a cup of black coffee, a mug of tea, or even a glass of wine, (laughs) if it's that time, and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Audible. Audible is excited to offer members a new way to explore their interests with the new Plus Catalog. This holiday season will certainly be more special than last. It's finally time to gather together and exchange thoughtful gifts with the people you care about. In the midst of all the holiday excitement, think about giving yourself the gift of an Audible membership. Now is the absolute best time to do it with a special offer of 60% off your first three months. With Audible, you can listen to more of whatever you're into because Audible has it all. An unbeatable selection of audiobooks, tons of binge-worthy podcasts, and exclusive originals. All available to download or stream. Here's what you get. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month, like the latest bestseller or hottest new release. Yours to keep forever. You can listen to Melanie's book, What, When, Wine, or either of my books, Delay, Don't Deny, or Fast, Feast, Repeat. And coming January 4th, you can listen to Cleanish. Here's the best part. You also get full access to Audible's streaming library, the Plus Catalog. Discover your next podcast obsession, check that audiobook off your bucket list, or get lost in a world of original content from celebrity creators, best-selling authors, and leading experts. The kind of stuff you can't hear anywhere else. Stream all you want, as much as you want. No matter where you're going or what you're doing this holiday season, you'll always have just the right thing to listen to at your fingertips. Now that I'm doing a lot of driving to the beach and back, Audible is the perfect companion for each trip. There's so much to choose from that I will never be done finding great options. Right now, for a limited time, save 60% on your first three months of Audible. That's only $5.95 a month. Give yourself the gift of listening. For more, go to audible.com slash ifpodcast. That's audible.com slash ifpodcast. Or you can text ifpodcast to 500-500 for 60% off your first three months. That's definitely a gift you'll love to give yourself. And now, back to the show. One more thing before we jump in. Did you know that common ingredients found in skincare and makeup products can actually disrupt your endocrine system? These endocrine disruptors are a silent threat that can have significant impact on your health, including something that is very important to me, fertility. Your skin is your body's largest organ and what you put on it matters. Endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with the natural hormonal communication in the body. It also matters during 
during pregnancy. And that's one of the reasons I pay close attention to what I put on my skin while being pregnant. Studies have shown that exposure to endocrine disruptors can affect both male and female fertility. For women, these disruptors can lead to irregular menstrual cycles, ovulation issues, and even polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. In men, they can reduce sperm quality and quantity, making it even more challenging to conceive. But it's not just about fertility. When it comes to fat loss, one of the reasons that endocrine disruptors can get in the way of fat loss is because a lot of our toxins are actually stored in our fat. It's a way that our bodies protect us from those toxins. These toxic compounds can even work synergistically, amplifying their harmful effects and making it that much harder to shed unwanted body fat. All of these reasons are why I am obsessed with a company called Beauty Counter. The founder actually started the company when she learned about the potential dangers of toxic chemicals and their link to health issues, specifically miscarriages and infertility. While pregnant, I make sure to only use Beauty Counter products. It's one of the only makeup lines that is officially recommended from the Environmental Working Group. What really sets Beauty Counter apart is their unwavering commitment to protecting us, the consumers, from the hidden dangers that lurk in conventional beauty products. Beauty Counter goes above and beyond, rigorously screening every single ingredient that goes into their products, ensuring that they are safe, clean, and free from harmful toxins. They're not just a beauty brand, they're a movement for change, advocating for stronger regulations in the beauty industry. With Beauty Counter, I know that I can trust that the skincare and makeup that I use are not only effective, but also safe for me and my family. They have skincare lines for every skin type, as well as so many other incredible products. I absolutely love their overnight resurfacing peel. It's my favorite way to get anti-aging benefits in a skincare product. The makeup is absolutely amazing. I have tried alternative beauty products in the past and none of them truly performed. But with Beauty Counter, the foundation is so amazing. It makes me feel like my skin can breathe and it looks so dewy and beautiful. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off their first order. Beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 111 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon, and I'm here with Jen Stevens. Hi, everybody. And how are you today, Jen? I am fabulous. I have exciting news. What is that? I got my Juve Solo today, and I have already used it. (laughs) I set it up, hung it on the door, stripped off my clothes. (laughs) My husband was like, what's going on? What's happening? Why is the bedroom red? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That's so funny because it does create like a really red. It's so red. Why aren't you wearing your clothes at 2 in the afternoon? Yeah, that was interesting. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So what are your thoughts? I'm so excited. Well, you know, I mean, it's too early to know what the benefits are going to be, right? So my main goal is cellulite. So we're going to see what happens with that. So I'm I'm really excited. I tried to take some before photos. It's really hard to see cellulite on a before photo. But, you know, I've always had cellulite ever since I hit puberty. It's just my skin just is cellulite So if this ch- helps my cellulite, it's going to be a miracle and I will shout it from the rooftops and have Juve tattooed on my forehead. 
So I guess to be determined. It's funny. I just got my solo as well, like a few days ago. And my mom came over to get some things and she was like, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like telling her all about it. And um, she has really, really bad arthritis. And she was like, oh my goodness, I was just thinking today how I wanted to tell my doctor I don't want to take pain medication anymore for my arthritis. And I was thinking, what can I do to address it? And she was like, maybe, you know, maybe this will be it because there's so much research on red light and arthritis. Right. Yeah. Especially like the near infrared wavelengths. So I'm really excited. I get to use her as like a guinea pig. Now, has she tried intermittent fasting? No. And I, and she won't like, (laughs) my mother won't either, but I bet that would help her arthritis. We hear that a lot. So no, I know. And and I also think like removing any potentially inflammatory foods, like even if it was short term, like an autoimmune, an elimination protocol. Yeah. An autoimmune protocol. I think it would make a world of difference, but I don't, I don't know. I'm the daughter and I don't, I know. Look, I get it. (laughs) Neither of my parents will do it. So, but yeah, I was actually driving down the road here in Augusta and there's like this chiropractic center and they have on their sign something about like weight loss. And it's a picture of a red light device. You can tell. Oh my goodness. That's so funny. So they're like selling sessions with red light therapy. I'm like, oh, look, I've got one. (laughs) But they're selling it specifically to lose size and lose weight, which I thought was so interesting. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's crazy, everything it can do. So I'm so excited that I got my solo. I'm trying to decide if, I don't know if my mom's going to just order one like right off the bat or if I'm going to like lend her mine. Or she's going to come over and use it. Well, I was just going to let her borrow it for a little bit, but um, we'll see. So to be determined, we'll have to let listeners know how everything goes. Awesome. Yeah. So for listeners, Juve is actually, they're not sponsoring this podcast right now, but um, if you would like to get a unit yourself, which clearly we're all obsessed with around here. And finally, I'm glad, Jen, that you're finally on board with it. (laughs) Yes. It took a while, but um, we got there. So for listeners, if you go to juve.com slash ifpodcast and use the code ifpodcast at checkout, you will receive a free gift. So definitely check that out. I'm so sorry. I can't concentrate right now because I just got a really exciting text from my son who is in Venice and his girlfriend is wearing the engagement ring that we picked out while we were at the beach. Oh my goodness. That just happened right now. (laughs) And smiling it like it literally just happened. He just sent me a text from Venice. So I guess it's not a secret now. I can talk about it, but I told him to do it in a gondola in Venice and I swear I think he did. (laughs) He told me he wasn't going to. That That was cheesy. Oh, she's wearing the ring and it's beautiful. Oh, oh, congratulations. Thank you, man. He literally just sent me the text like right this second. So anyway, that's very exciting. So I guess he doesn't listen to the podcast, so he won't mind if I'm telling the world about it. But apparently she said yes because she's smiling and wearing the ring in the photo. Oh, my goodness. This is your designer, Cal. Yeah, it's Cal. Aww. He, you know, he just graduated and they're on a, a special trip to Europe right now. They're in Venice. And I said, I'm going to tell you, Venice would be the great place to do it. So he was thinking about how he was going to do it. Awesome. I'm so excited. We love her. She's such a sweet girl. (sighs) Exciting news. Congrats. Thank you. To your family, I guess, and him. (laughs) Yeah, I'm proud of him. He's spending six weeks in Europe. Not all the time is with her. He's also going to be traveling around with friends after they're done with their... Anyway, it's like the trip of a lifetime before he starts his real job. 
And that's in California, right? Yep. He'll be in San Francisco. I have been instructed not to ever say San Fran. Okay. Except for just now. (laughs) So FYI, don't say San Fran. He's like, why do you keep saying that? Stop saying that. (laughs) What about NorCal? I don't know. I don't know. His name is Cal. So maybe saying NorCal would be weird. Oh, that's funny. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> like one time when I went to San Francisco, I bought him a Cal shirt, you know, from the college that says Cal. That's pretty funny. He refused to wear it, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Anyway. Oh, also one little thing I wanted to point out before we get started, and it's something I was listening to. So for listeners, we are a Himalaya partnered show. They make an amazing app so that you can keep all of your podcasts in one place and listen to all the things because as listeners know, I'm always listening to other podcasts. But I was listening to an amazing episode today, Jen. Oh, what was it? Yeah. So I added it to, because we have a playlist in Himalaya. It's called Intermittent Fasting Podcast Stuff We Like. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes But I put all the episodes there that I really like from other podcasts. And today I was listening to the Body, Mind, Empowerment with Simland podcast. Have you heard of that one, Jen? No, I have not. He's really into intermittent fasting and he has a lot of really good guests. So today I didn't know I was going to mention intermittent fasting, but I was listening today to an interview with Chris Masterjohn, who is amazing beyond belief if anybody is familiar with him, which many listeners probably are. Basically, the entire last quarter of the episode was all about intermittent fasting. But Chris Masterjohn, he made, I don't know, he made a lot of really, really good points about the health benefits, obviously, of intermittent fasting and how it benefits you. But the thing he was really emphasizing that I liked was that, because he was saying how intermittent fasting, you know, is a way for you to really clear out your body, you know, do a deep cleaning, how if you're always adding, adding, adding to your body, even if it's like nutrition and all good things, it's kind of like leads to, you know, too much and excess doesn't really help. (laughs) So he was saying how it's really important to cycle between times of lack where it's forcing you to clean out your closet, so to speak, and um, make your body more efficient and function better. He was comparing it to business going through lean times and having to really reevaluate everything and figure out where can we cut costs, but where can we really become more efficient and make things better? So then when the money does come in in the future, then you can start that business would be even more, I don't know, it would function even better, right? Having made those changes. So he had like really nice metaphors and analogies, but he was saying how important it is to not just focus on the fasting, 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 because people think that often that all the health benefits are in the fasting when really the benefits are coming in the refeeding phase. And so like how important it is to oscillate between the two. Because I think sometimes we often really focus on the fasting and that's where all the benefits are, but it's equally important, the nutrition phase. Like that's actually when you're doing the rebuilding and bringing in the new. And I just thought that was something interesting. You want to have good building blocks for the new. That makes sense. Yeah, I've been seeing this a lot recently, just with a lot of different resources about how, I mean, we get the autophagy and everything during the fast, but the magic as far as changing your immune system and building new systems in your body, that's all happening when you refeed. And that's why I think it's so important to have being really conscious about what you're actually eating in your eating window, because that's when you are, you know, adding the new good things to your body and adding that nourishment. So um, 
just think it's really important. Yeah, I do often say the magic's in the fast, and I, I still stand by that. I get what you're saying about the nutrition coming in is so important. But the reason I I think that it's important to focus first on the fast for someone starting off is that it's really hard to change everything all at one time. You know, I would say start with the fasting first. Don't try to like say, well, I've got to change everything day one. And then we usually find people's bodies start asking for the nutrients. I really think that we're better at knowing what nutrients we need after the fasting. Oh, yeah. No, I agree completely. It definitely makes you way more in tune. And then you will start craving the things that you need because you're getting rid of that clutter, which was kind of making you, you know, you couldn't really see what or feel what you needed because it was just all this clutter in a way. Right. Yeah. And I think that's part of the magic of the fast. Yeah. I think the fast is what, you know, gets your hormones back in balance and all of that. That's the magic I always talk about, you know, is happening during the fast. And then the refeed may be the important part for like actually building with good stuff because of the magic that happened during the fast. I think there's magic everywhere. (laughs) I guess it's all magical. Yeah. Cause like in a way I feel like with the hormones and stuff, it's like, you know, during the fast, that's when you're going to be, you know, clearing out those old hormones, making the blueprints for the new hormones and everything. And then like, I don't know if it specifically happens, you know, at a certain timeline, but in the fed nutrition period is when I assume you're going to be making those new hormones. So, yeah. And then that was, reminds me of like, for example, like in keto fast that Dr. McCullough wrote, did you finish reading that by the way? No, not yet. I hardly have time to read. So I'm reading it. Like I said, I read when I blow dry my hair every day. So that's how long I read a day because the rest of the time I'm working on Facebook, like for real. (laughs) We had 95,000 in the one group and 74,000 in the other and 12,000 in the other one. Add all that together. That's a lot of thousands. And so we have over a million posts and comments in just one of the groups alone per month. That's insane. So I basically have time to read what kind of tea should I drink when fasting and should I take my medicine? That's what I read all day long. (laughs) Well, you could get it on Audible. (laughs) I couldn't because I can't listen to something and do, I mean, I'm, my time is so, I spend, you know, seven hours a day on Facebook. (laughs) I'm not kidding. And I can't listen to Audible and do Facebook. That's why podcasts are so amazing though for multitasking. But I can't do both at the same time. I can't listen to anything except music while I'm trying to monitor Facebook. Like I can't watch TV and do it because I have to be focused on, on my thoughts. I don't know. I think we can ask, is that true? I mean, I know it's true for me. I wouldn't be able to do a good job listening or responding at the same time. But anyway, tell me what you what you wanted to tell me about Keto Fest. But no, I have not finished. And, you know, at the rate of 10 minutes a day, I'll probably finish eventually. <laughs> well, I feel like you'll probably get to some points and it'll be like a cliffhanger and you'll have to just keep reading because it'll... Maybe. He gets really intense into the fasting. But one of the things he said at the very beginning was that... One of the benefits of intermittent fasting compared to longer fasts was that you could get that beneficial depletion then growth cycle, you know, 365 times a year compared to like a water fast, you know, a longer fast, which would be, you know, once, you know, in a blue moon or once every few months. I did really enjoy a section I read today. He had some diagrams of, 
you know, when your body is running on ketones versus when your body is running on glucose. And I liked those diagrams a lot because he talked about, you know, when does your body switch over to ketosis? And this is such a sticking point for so many people. I mean, we have had people like get angry when we say that you can get into ketosis while still having carbs in your eating window. And they're like, no, we promise you can. But people are like, no, you must be eating a keto diet in order to ever have ketosis. That is not true. I'm like, yes, you can. But he has a diagram that shows, you know, what happens when you fast and how the ketones ramp up during the fast as you become metabolically flexible. And we know intermittent fasting gets you there, even if you're having carbs in your eating window. It just takes longer for a lot of people, especially if you're really insulin resistant. It can take longer. But I enjoyed seeing those diagrams. I'm like, there you go. That's what we say. I'm actually glad you brought that up because now I'm going to need to go because like on Audible, since you're listening to it, you don't see the diagrams. Right. But there's typically an accompanying PDF that you can download. So I'm going to need to go download that and look for those diagrams. Hi, friends. So I'm sort of haunted by clothes. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably know that I love wearing all the new clothes all the time. And I know that that is not really sustainable and not good for the planet. That's why I am thrilled that there is now a way to get all of the clothes with none of the waste. And I'm going to tell you how you can get unlimited clothes with no waste for a month for free. That's right, I now have a website for both myself and you guys where you can get free unlimited clothes with free shipping, free exchanges, nonstop from all of the hottest brands, and it is so incredibly easy. It's called MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. We have so many incredible brands, including my favorites like BCBG, Calvin Klein, and so many more. Think like a hundred brands. There are so many options. And the way it works is when you get a subscription, you search through the clothes, pick what you want. They send it to you with fast, easy shipping. You wear it as long as you want. And then when you're ready for more clothes, you just drop it off in their prepackaged envelope and get your next round. It is so incredibly cool. They have multiple plans. The starter plan gives you two pieces at a time. Friends, I actually have a little secret hacked. Don't tell them that I told you this. When you get your two pieces, you can actually immediately go into your account, click return, and they'll go ahead and send you the next two pieces. So technically you can have four pieces at a time. You also have a cool virtual closet that you can keep stocked with everything you eventually want to order so you never miss out. And if you really like something and want to keep it, you can opt to buy it at a massively discounted price. Friends, I'm obsessed. This is finally the answer to wearing all the clothes all the time with none of the waste. Oh, and of course, one of my major reservations was the cleaning compounds that they use on the clothes because yes, it is dry cleaning, which normally makes me nervous. And they don't say this on the website. So I reached out to them and I was like, hey, what's going on with the cleaning? What do you guys use? Because I can't promote this if it's just normal dry cleaning. And thankfully, they let me know that they do not use any detergents, fabric softeners, or chemicals that are harsh. Everything is professionally dry cleaned or laundered with detergents that are free from dyes and scents. It's all gentle and it uses low temperature cycles. So yes, we are good on that front as well. It is the coolest thing ever. And you can try it free for a month. Yes, completely free. Just go to MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com to sign up. Free clothes for a month. After that, their plans are super affordable. We're talking honestly, an entire month is less than the cost of typically what would be the cost of one dress. And I am not kidding. That's right. Unlimited clothes for less than the cost of one outfit. 
I'm just so thrilled to bring this resource to you guys. I can't wait to hear what you guys think. So again, get free unlimited clothes for a month at MelanieAvalonsCloset.com. That's MelanieAvalonsCloset.com for all of the clothes, none of the waste. And definitely share your pictures and tag me on Instagram because I want to see all the fabulous things that you guys are wearing. That's MelanieAvalonsCloset.com. All right. So I feel like we've already talked about a lot of stuff, but shall we jump into our listener questions for today? Yes. Let's get started. All right. So to start things off, we have a question from Amanda. The subject is parasympathetic nervous system and digestion. And Amanda says, hi, Jen and Melanie. I love the podcast and I've been listening for about a year. I've learned so much and I'm a healthier and happier person thanks to the lifestyle changes I have made from this podcast. I was wondering if you knew much about IF window timing and eating in the parasympathetic state of the nervous system. I suspect this is another reason IF works so well for me. I tend to not open my window until I am finished with stressful tasks for the day. I'm able to relax and enjoy food. I suspect I am eating in the parasympathetic state. I've heard it stated that this has digestive benefits, but have not heard anything more specific. What are the possible digestion benefits? Would these benefits mean that it is preferable not to open my window until I am able to relax, even if that means pushing well past my typical 24? I feel like postponing eating until I can relax is something I do naturally. However, it would help me push through in some occasions, knowing there are digestive benefits to not eating earlier and distracted. Thank you for all you do, Amanda. We got this question and I thought it was really amazing. And I was like, we have to bring it on because it made me have my own epiphany that I think one of the reasons, because, you know, Jen, I was talking about how while moving, I was experimenting with like more daytime eating and things. And honestly, it was like so stressful for me to do that. And I realized that Amanda, like I'm right there with you. Like this is the way I am with intermittent fasting. It's like I can, you know, not worry about it during the day and then I can look forward to it. I do it after I've done all my tasks for the day. Like I never start when I'm doing my one meal day, I would, I never start eating and everything until I have like closed the book on everything. Me too. And I feel like I, I'm like, yes, that makes so much sense. Like, yeah. and, the, and it really, really supports digestion and trying other approaches now. It just feels so, I mean, I guess if I could like stop what I was doing, this would require a lot of meditation and mindfulness. So it's completely possible. But if I were able to, you know, stop my work sit down, eat, be in the present moment, not think about what I still have to do that day, finish, then go back, then I guess that could serve me as well. But I just really struggle in that department. Yeah. So I can talk more about the science of digestion, but Jen, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I think that's a great question that we got from Amanda. And also, you know, I don't think we've ever really thought about it this way before. So yes. So we've got the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. And I am not a nervous system expert by any means, but at a basic level, the sympathetic nervous system is your fight or flight response kind of nervous system. It directs blood away from your digestive tract. So that's not really what you want to be happening while you're eating. So if you're all agitated and stressful you know, that's not going to be the time that you want to be eating. So the parasympathetic nervous system is more the, you know, the other one was the fight or flight. Well, parasympathetic is, quote, rest and digest. That's, you know, those are two of the responses that the, the parasympathetic nervous system produce. So, yeah, we want that calm period where we allow our bodies to repair. So I think that Amanda... If you can postpone eating until you can relax, then absolutely 
I would say, to do it. You know, maybe that's part of the French paradox as well. You know, they have such better health outcomes and people have tried to figure out why. Is it the wine? Is it the cheese? Is it, you know, what is it? Maybe it's just because they sit there and enjoy their meals and they are at a table and they relax and they enjoy themselves. Also, the blue zones, you know, they eat as a family. They, you know, it's, it's every meal is a celebration and something to linger over and enjoy. So, yeah, that makes perfect sense to me that you would likely want to postpone eating until you can relax and enjoy it. And that is 100% what I do every single day. Yeah, and I, I even like what she said specifically about, you know, would it be better to wait a little bit longer till she's relaxed versus, you know, opening because it's that time. And I, I would support, you know, waiting a little bit longer until you're in that that relaxed state and that perfect, you know, or in that environment that would really suit digestion. And I agree with you as well about the blue zones and everything like that. I was thinking, you know, maybe one of the reasons that wine is helps a lot of people with digestion and everything or has been correlated to longevity, maybe part of it is because people are drinking it and they're being in a more relaxed environment. Maybe. So, yeah, but it's, it's definitely a very scientific or biological thing going on there as far as the stress and how it affects your digestion and everything. Excellent question. Do you want to read the next one? All right. Yes, we're ready for the next one. And this one is from Rachel. And the subject is round two. She says, hi, ladies. In lieu of sending you a long backstory that includes losing 60 pounds in a five-month period and maintaining the loss for the past year and now wanting to go back and lose my last 40 pounds, I'm going to jump right into my question. Once our bodies become fat adapted, does it ever lose that, quote, skill? AKA, if I was really good at getting into ketosis a year ago, but I got out of the habit, will it be easier for me to slip back into fat adaption this time around? If it is a skill that our body learns, how long does it take before we lose the skill and we have to start over? I hope these questions make sense. I am a fan of intermittent fasting and see the physical and psychological benefits. Thanks again, Rachel. All right. What do you say about that? All right. I loved this question from Rachel. It's something I've been wondering a lot. And I've actually recently been wondering because since I like have been not basically like in the middle of a move for like a month because of the way I chose to go about things, moving temporarily into my parents' apartment, basically while I find my new place and being out of a habit and getting out of intermittent fasting habits and getting out of my physical. I had a very set physical activity routine that was, I think, really supported my metabolic flexibility. Point is, I've been feeling very metabolically unflexible <laughs> recently from everything. And I've been wondering, I've wondered in the past, and I've been wondering now, will it be easier for me once I get my game back together <laughs> to become metabolically flexible? Or is it like starting over? I searched high and low for studies answering this question and could not find anything specifically answering this question. But I did find things that I think paint a broader picture. So to clarify everything, it can sound sort of vague saying, I'm a fat burner. I'm metabolically flexible. Is that an actual real thing? And I was actually wondering that. But Jen, did you know it's very much a real thing? Well, we build up the fat burning enzymes and say so our bodies are able to do it. Like it's, it is a skill. I guess I mean, to rephrase, I mean like that that term metabolic flexibility and such is used in the scientific literature. Oh, yeah, I did know that. Yeah. Okay. See, I wasn't quite sure, but it is. And what it really has to go 
into is like the mitochondria of our cells and how they actually change to the types of energy substrates that they use and how they produce energy. So it is an actual change that's happening. It's not just like you get just this vague sort of better at burning fat. No, it's actually things are changing in your body on a cellular level. I did find one really interesting study and they were looking at metabolic flexibility. This was in animals, so it wasn't in humans. So for 12 weeks, they gave rats either a normal diet or they gave them a diet that because of like high fat, high sugar would create metabolic inflexibility in theory. They did that for 12 weeks and they did find that change in their diet to, you know, one that would not support metabolic flexibility. It completely, they lost all flexibility within 12 weeks, which was really interesting. So we know at least in rodents that you can lose that flexibility based on diet in 12 weeks. How that applies to humans, I'm not exactly quite sure, but I was finding a lot of studies in general about how we can support metabolic flexibility. And it was saying, I mean, a lot of what we talked about here that fasting is one way to do that. Um, exercise is a really good way to prime your cells for metabolic flexibility. Like I said, I couldn't find anything about if your body remembers or forgets, but this is just me guessing. And I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on this, Jen. But I mean, I'm assuming best case scenario that if you've done it, you know, once before, (laughs) that hopefully in theory would be easier to go back to. Worst case scenario, if it doesn't make a difference, I think at least mentally, if you've been there before, there's something about having been there before that I think makes it easier to go back to it. When you haven't, right, when you haven't done it in the beginning, it can be kind of hard. And one of the studies was saying that how it was interesting because we're born in a metabolically flexible state, but that because of our diet and everything that we quickly lose that. But the problem even now is that, you know, feeding a lot of like the infant formulas and the way things are made right off the beginning, it might not be supporting metabolic flexibility. So it's like, do we even ever have that state of metabolic flexibility that we should in theory have from an evolutionary perspective? So yeah, lots of thoughts there. Jen, what are your thoughts? I think it's going to be very personal. I think some people will jump right back into it. It just depends on your own metabolic and hormonal state and overall health. You know, someone who maybe, you know, lost their metabolic flexibility to the degree where they're getting into ketosis and burning fat, but you have still been exercising and eating fairly healthily, will probably have an easier time. I mean, I think it's just going to be different. I don't think it's, a, you know, any kind of cut and dried, like how long it takes to lose it or start over again, if that makes sense. Yeah, I definitely don't think there's like a one size fits all answer. And like you said, it's probably a lot of factors. I think the really motivational thing is that regardless of if you've been there before, how quote off track you got, how unmetabolically flexible you are at any given point in a way doesn't even matter, right? Regardless of your starting point. It doesn't matter where you were because we know how important epigenetics and environment is. And even more so than like genes, which you would think would be the ultimate, like, oh, I'm wired for this or, oh, I'm wired for that. Honestly, it doesn't even matter because the environment that you give yourselves is going to be more important than where you were in the past or where your quote DNA says you should be. And I think that's really motivational. So I don't even think it's necessary to focus on where you were. You can know that regardless of your starting point, you can become metabolically flexible. Yeah. And I do think that, you know, depending on the time, theoretically, maybe it'll be easier to to ease back in the second time. But 
either way, like you said earlier, you know that you can do it because you did it before. Yeah. And that I think that's more powerful than a lot of people even realize. Yeah. I just know, you know, after going on the cruise in March and coming back, and I certainly did not feel very flexible for those couple of days, but boom, I could sure tell when those glycogen stores were depleted on about the third day back from the cruise. And I was not fasting nonstop for three days, you know, just in case anybody thinks I was. I was back to my daily eating window. It took about three days of having my normal daily eating window, and then I could tell I was back into ketosis during the fast. So my body, certainly a week was not enough time to make a difference. Definitely not. I was able to still do it. But, you know, it's it's an interesting question. We didn't answer it. We just went around and around. But I know I think it's not exactly answerable. And it's like I said, I tried to find studies on it and I couldn't find any. If listeners are aware of any research, I'd be thrilled to hear it. Please email me. All right. Shall we jump into the next question? Yes. Let's hear the next one. All right. So the next question comes from Valerie and she says, I have been intermittently fasting since the fall of 2017. I reached my goal weight, but still wasn't at my body's target weight by the following year. So like others just waited patiently for my body to do its thing and experienced a lot of recomposition. However, in the summer and fall of 2018, I watched someone decline mentally then physically and pass away. This person was from my childhood and I grieved hard the entire time. I then watched a 15-year-old pet decline as well and die in January. Both of these events put me into an emotional tailspin. I continued fasting but tried to be gentle with my body and opened up a longer window one meal a day and no food restrictions, but craved comfort food almost daily and processed favorites from the past which put on weight. Do either of you or our many members have suggestions on how to deal with grief and fasting without detailing all the hard work? For the emotional eaters in our group, grieving is a very hard process. Thanks for your time. All right, Jen, I thought this was, I don't know, you probably have seen a lot of this in the group. How do you approach this question? Well, it is a great question. And this is one of those things that there really isn't an easy answer for this. And, you know, it actually brought me back to that other question that we started with Amanda's question about, you know, the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous systems. And when you're under a lot of stress with grief, you know, you're going to be in that fight or flight kind of feeling zone. And so your body is not responding well to things, you know, cortisol could be elevated also due to the stress of everything that's going on. So I don't know that there is anything specific that would help you deal with grief and fasting other than let's just take away the and fasting part and you just have to deal with the grief itself, right? And as far as the fasting, don't let that be an added pressure in your life. You know, that would be Jen's response. Do not also feel stressed about the fact that you're not fasting as long. So, you know, every day you wake up in the fasted state, you've been sleeping, you've been fasting overnight. So, you know, when you're feeling stressed and the grief process, you are going to possibly turn to food for comfort. And every single one of us knows in our, you know, rational mind, I should not turn to food for comfort. We know this, but we do it because that's how we're wired, you know, when we're having this stressful time. So, be gentle with yourself and don't beat yourself up for it, if that makes sense. 
I think that just adds to the load that you're carrying. It's like, well, great. Now I'm grieving and I'm overeating and I'm weak and I'm a failure and, you know, I'm gaining weight. Instead, just put the focus on healing emotionally, thinking about, you know, what could you, just for anyone, like I said, who was grieving with or without fasting, you know, what self-care can you do? How can you take some time to, you know, meditate or do walks or gentle exercise or anything that feels like self-care to you? For me, that might be a glass of wine in the bathtub, you know, just whatever it is. And then allow yourself to ease back into the fasting as it feels right to you. Because as Melanie suggested, yes, we have seen this in the Facebook groups. You know, someone will lose a family member and they have a really hard time with so many aspects of their lives, you know, eating, dieting, exercising, all of that. So, you know, I'm sending hugs across the miles and just be gentle with yourself and Work your way through your grief, and there are no magical answers. I wish there were, but just be as gentle with yourself as you can. Hi, friends. Now, if you're anything like me, you love biohacking, intermittent fasting, and getting feedback and data on what our bodies are doing. Now, when we do intermittent fasting or extended or prolonged fasting, it's hard to get feedback sometimes on how our bodies are doing in terms of fat burning and ketosis. This is one of the reasons that I created the Tone Device, which is a breath ketone analyzer. It can tell you the rate of fat burning your body is in by detecting the ketones on your breath. If you practice intermittent fasting, time-restricted eating, do an occasional 24-hour fast like once a week, or prolonged or extended fasting, it's likely your body is getting into light ketosis. If you are doing keto or low-carb, even sometimes paleo, you may be getting into a deeper state of fat burning and ketosis. If you do a high-carb diet, then you probably get into a light state of ketosis after some fasting. What I love about the tone is that you can simply breathe into it for about four to five seconds, and it will give you instant feedback on the rate of fat burning that your body is at. Now, when we are in ketosis, our bodies are at their highest rate of fat burning, which is what is so neat. We actually breathe out our fat. So the carbons that we are measuring with the tone device are actually coming from our fat. When we practice different approaches like intermittent fasting or doing time-restricted eating, lower-carb diets or keto approaches, our bodies actually make a metabolic switch where fat becomes our primary fuel. And the body takes fat and converts it into ketones in the liver. About 15 to 20% of those circulating ketones are then diffused through our lungs, out in our breath. And it is so amazing. I absolutely love using the tone every single day. I love the biofeedback, especially when I am doing any kind of fasting. And I can see my body gradually get into a deeper and deeper state of fat burning through those ketone levels going higher and higher. Now, one of the reasons I created the tone is because testing blood ketones is cost prohibitive. The test strips are extremely expensive. They are wasteful. You no longer have to buy test strips anymore. You can just breathe into the tone device for four to five seconds and get that 
instant feedback. It's a one-time investment and you'll be able to test an unlimited amount of times. Now, I always recommend testing with the tone device fasted first thing in the morning and testing up until you have your first meal of the day and you will be able to see differences there, especially if you do a longer fast, you'll see the ketones go higher and higher and it really is so great to get that biofeedback. Now, for the past year and a half, I've been working on a brand new version of the tone, the second generation tone device, and I am so excited for it to soon be available to you all. I wanted to create a special launch discount for the tone device so that any of you who are interested can take advantage of that discount. I've never discounted the tone device before, but if you are signed up to the exclusive VIP list, you will receive that launch discount. To sign up for the list, you can go to tonedevice.com and enter Enter your name and email address and you will receive an email which you can confirm to double opt-in and you'll be the first to know when the new second generation tone device is available to order and you will also receive that exclusive launch discount. I am so excited for you all to try it so be sure to go and sign up at tonedevice.com. All right now back to our show. What do you have to say Melanie? Yeah, I really love everything that you just said. And I think we can take comfort in knowing that when people experience hard times or grief or stressful situations or really anything like that, that it is, like you said, we're hardwired to seek comfort often in food, which can either help or hurt us depending on what it is. But I do think that the main thing, like Jen said, is to be loving and encouraging and kind to yourself. And I would just really encourage listeners or anybody who is struggling, you know, in those moments where, yeah, fasting aside, I think do the fasting if it feels right and it feels like it's supporting you in your time or don't do it if it's too much of a stressor. I think just do whatever feels right at that moment. And then as far as food goes and how that plays a part with grief and trying situations, I mean, I just want to encourage everybody as much as you can to definitely turn to food for nourishment and support. But maybe if you can evaluate, you know, what sort of food will support my body, you know, emotionally, mentally, physically, all the way. So, you know, if you can love yourself with your food choices and love your body with your food choices, rather than in a way, you know, justifying unhealthy or potentially food choices that might make it harder in the long run, it's hard because. I want to support love and acceptance and self-encouragement. And I think that you can do that with your choices and be okay with that. And there's always going to be an option of what food you choose. So I think you can still in that moment choose something that's supportive. Am I making much sense? No, I understand. I get it. Like, cause it's so easy to be like, oh, I deserve this because, because my life is at a really hard place right now. So, you know, I'm just going to eat candy and processed food all day, like just all day, you know, and then it becomes like an unhealthy habit. Whereas instead you could turn to nourishing things and use it as a time of comfort and healing even and growth. So I think you can have the best of both worlds, even in a hard situation. And So I realize it's really delicate, but I do think in, in the end, keeping that love and support and that mindset is so key and not stressing about the fasting yeah. is really important. And know that you can always go back to it. Exactly. And number one, don't beat yourself up over it. 
and allow that to be one more piece of stress, and which is so hard because I know. Because we want to be, you know, it's like I'm going through all this. At least I could, you know, be perfect in this other aspect. And it's just not that easy. I know. <laughs> it's so true. And then we take all that on and we're like, why am I a failure? I mean, we've all felt that. We've all experienced that, that feeling we're like we're out of control and we're, we are no, no good because we can't stick to it. Why can't I stick to it? And just realize that. You know, a lot of this is going on in your body in a way that is almost out of your control. You know, the stress response, you know, you're responding instinctively to it instead of like, you're not like, I don't know, it's a hard time to get through. Maybe I'm just rambling now. (laughs) No, but basically like, if you feel like the wheels just fall off the wagon, you're not a failure. Right. Like, it'll be okay. You can get back on and everybody goes through this. I almost take comfort in listening to... um. I mean, other people's struggles, especially like podcast interviews and stuff where like really successful people. I love hearing interviews where they talk about like dark times in their lives and how they thought they were never going to pull it together. Right. Not because I like hearing the darkness, but I'm like, okay. So it's not just me who goes through this. We all do. Yeah. And it's like, look what they're doing now, you know? And, and so, yeah, there's always so much potential and um, being kind to yourself is definitely key. All right, so we have time for one more question, and this is from Howie, and the subject is the last 10 pounds. Howie says, so I have been using IF this past summer, losing 30 pounds and feeling great. I have also listened to all of your podcasts, Jen and Melanie, and have loved being connected to a community of fasters through it. Thank you both so much. However, the last several weeks have produced a weight loss stall for me. To break it, I have shortened my window to one larger dinner meal a day with a low-calorie salad for lunch. However, even on this near-warrior diet, I am still stagnating. I admit the last 10 pounds are really for vanity's sake. I am close to seeing my abs for the first time in my life. I am eating pretty much all whole foods with concentrated vegetable portions daily. I also work out with weights roughly three times a week. Is this not enough? Should I focus on restricting my food intake more? Also, P.S. Melanie, I bought the yoga of eating based on your recommendation. Jen, I am a teacher also. I feel like I know you two girls. Can't wait to hear your answer and congratulations with all your success with this wonderful podcast. All right, Howie. So thank you so much for your question. So I think something that's important to focus on or look at here is you say, you know, you admit that the last 10 pounds really are for vanity's sake. And I think oftentimes it is very true that when we get to that point where it is, quote, vanity pounds, (laughs) that our bodies may or may not want to lose those. And it's not right or wrong if you want to lose them, but I think it's just important to know that if you want to lose them and your body doesn't want to lose them, then yes, it's going to require extra measures. You know, like it might not just happen naturally continuing the same pattern of what you're doing, especially if your body has decided, you know, we're good. We're at a good weight. If you do want to blast through that stubborn fat or those last 10 pounds. And I do have a whole section about this in my book, actually. It's under stubborn fat and how to blast through that. I don't ever want to encourage like over restriction or anything like that. I mean, I do think there are certain, you know, techniques and tips and tricks you can use if that is something that you want to do that will burn through, quote, stubborn fat reserves. I think that would be things like doing fat 
burning, targeting exercise very deep into your fast. So, you know, at the end of your fast, maybe doing some high intensity interval training then when really your body has nowhere else to turn but those fat stores. Even things like, I mean, red light therapy we've talked about before. We know that you can use red light to literally like break in a way break. It sounds kind of, it doesn't sound very scientific, but it can make the fat cells more porous so that they do open up and leak the fatty acids into the bloodstream that you would then burn them off. So maybe if you did some smart red light therapy near the end of your fast and then did some exercise, I mean, maybe doing that, you know, consistently could help you in a way target certain fat stores. I've been thinking about the science of that for quite a while. I mean, you say that you're pretty much eating whole foods, concentrated vegetable portions daily. You're working out with weights. You're doing a lot because you're saying like, is this not enough? Should I focus on restricting? And again, I don't like focusing on restricting, but I think if you if you personally want to burn through those last pounds, yes, you are going to have to make changes that will force that to happen. I just encourage listeners to go about that in the most healthy, nourishing way possible. And for me, I think the way to do that would be to get into a state where you're forced to burn it rather than necessarily restricting the fuel that you're giving your body, if that makes sense. Jen, what are your thoughts? Well, one thing jumps out to me like a giant elephant, and that is that tiny little low-calorie salad that Howie is having for lunch. I would just nix that low-calorie salad because that's like a diet meal, and that actually probably makes it harder to even get through the day. You know, that salad is not helping you reach your goals at all. I would personally ditch the low-calorie salad and just wait a little longer to open my window, and then I would enjoy the heck out of my evening meal, and then boom, (laughs) I bet you'd see results. I am so glad you pointed that out. That is the answer. (laughs) I mean, not really, but like... That's what I do. I miss that. Yeah, Yeah. a low-calorie salad for lunch and then a larger dinner meal... That low-calorie salad is not helping at all. I think it's probably slowing the process down because it you get into the fed state and you're no longer burning fat. And instead, your body is not getting enough food. So your body's like, now I'm really hungry. And that's going to be more likely to slow your metabolism than rev it up. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out. Hands down, Howie. You can remember everything that I just said, but don't do that quite yet. First, first do what Jen said. <laughs> Try that first. Try the one meal a day. Give that, you know, a few months. If that doesn't make the changes, then you can bring in those hacks I just mentioned. <laughs> I mean, I bet those abs will pop right out. And also, Howie, I'm going to say one other thing. This may be a time to look at the mirror and not the scale. Because you might not lose those 10 pounds. You know, I've talked before about how I threw away my scale and I had a magic number I wanted to see. Like at first, I wanted to weigh 135 pounds. But when I weighed 210, I picked that number out of the sky because I thought that sounded good. When I got there, I realized I still had fat to lose. So then I picked another number out of the sky, which was 125 pounds. And I was like, all right, that's where I'm going to stop 125 pounds. And then I stopped weighing for a while. And then I got to my goal body and I was like, I'm really happy with the size of my body and the size of my clothes. I must weigh 125 now. And I got on the scale and it said 130 and I was ticked. My body changed a lot, but I still never saw my final quote goal weight. And so body recomposition is real. You're going to continue to lose fat and build muscle and you're working out with weights three times a week. So you may never see 10 pounds down on the scale ever, but you might have like total washboard abs. 
So focus on the way you look in the mirror more than what that scale tells you at this point specifically. Because right now you could actually gain weight and get leaner. On the scale, you'll look like you're, I mean, you will definitely weigh more, but it's because you're, you're building that lean muscle. Yeah, that's a good thing to point out. I mean, I do think he is looking in the mirror because he's saying right. he's close to seeing his abs for the first time in his life. But the subject was the last 10 pounds. So, you know, the scale may not ever get to those last 10 pounds because mine didn't. And that was the day I threw my scale in the trash, which I've talked about a million times. But then I felt so free because I was like, hey, I don't even care what that tens digit is because I'd never have to see it ever again. (laughs) So true. It's freedom. It just felt like such freedom. All right. Well, do you have any other thoughts, Jen? No, I think that was it. I'm super excited. I may be placing a call to Venice. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) For listeners, if you go to ifpodcast.com slash episode 111, that's where I will put show notes for everything that we talked about today. So all of the studies, all the books, also those discounts and such that we mentioned for Audible and Prep Dish, Jube as well. So I'll be there. Like I said, you can also follow us in Himalaya, check out. Oh, and if you follow us in Himalaya, you will get access to our show 24 hours in advance, which is amazing. So definitely do that. You can also submit your own questions for the podcast. You can directly email questions at ifpodcast.com or you can go to ifpodcast.com and you can submit questions there. All right. Well, Congratulations, Jen, to your family and your son. Thank you. I'm so excited. It's very exciting. I guess, are you going to call him? Well, I guess he's in Europe. Is it a weird time? I'm going to call him. Well, he was just sending me texts, so I know that they were awake recently. (laughs) He was texting me. So I know that, yeah. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm sure they're awake. So I'm going to go ahead and and call him, talk to them about it. But yeah, it's very exciting. We picked out the ring while we were at the beach, and that was fun. That's so exciting. He has very discerning tastes. How so? Well, he picked out a really pretty ring. (laughs) (laughs) He could tell the difference. He's like, no on that one, no on that one. So he ended up with a one carat oval. It's really pretty. Just a solitaire. I want to see it. I'll send you a picture of it. It's just, it's timeless. It's, It's one of those rings that she will always be able to wear. You can always have a ring reset later if you feel like it. I had mine reset, but in a different setting 10 years after I got married. But you're not going to look at this one and think, yeah, that was a 2019 original. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. That's yeah. really funny. But you know what I mean? You know how there are styles. Yeah. This is a timeless yeah. classic. This one will never go out of style. Oh, good. Well, that is wonderful news. Yeah. Well, thank you. All right. Well, I will talk to you next week. All right. Talk to you then. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Please remember, the opinions we discussed on this show do not constitute medical advice. We're not doctors. Check out ifpodcast.com for more information on us. Theme music was composed by Leland Cox. See you next week.